0: Solution at Org, episode 580 coming your way. Today we're going to do a safe steroid stacks for seniors. This is the boomer edition. So baby boomer um, ages. Now, they're called baby boomers because after World War II, the war was over. um, And people, all the troops came home. And then everybody... You know, the economy started surging. You know, we were rebuilding after the, the war destroyed uh, Europe and Americans, all the Americans came home. So the economies were booming. So people went out there. What they do mobster, they start having kids. And uh, the baby boomer um, ages, are birth years are 1946 to 1964. In in the United States, mobster, there's currently 72 million ba- uh, baby boomers in the U.S., and um, the next generation after that, Gen X, there's only 65 million. So we are a country full of boomers. They are the majority, um, and as people continuously have less and less kids, uh, obviously, the next generation, which is my generation, Gen X, we're going to become the old farts, and we're going to be the biggest generation, and and so on. That trend will continue as people have less and less kids. But anyway, uh, boomers, look, uh, mobster, you're a boomer. We found out on the pre-show, you are a boomer, uh, as much as uh, you may not like that, uh, but uh, because you were born within that uh, those years. So this is this is a great one because we're going to have mobster here. Now, a lot of you on here listening, uh, a lot of you are younger, demographics, so you're like, well, why do I have to listen to this? Because you're going to get old eventually as well your parents, your grandparents may ask you about these steroids. Um, I have an uncle who is a former minor league hockey player, for example, and he's an older guy now. And he comes to me and asks me advice on supplements, on steroids, all kinds of stuff, because he's always trying to fight his age, you know, and, and and feel younger and get in better shape and stuff. So this is an important podcast, whether you're in, in the – mobster's generation or you're my generation or you're a millennial or gen y or you're you know whatever generation you happen to be so let's get right into it mobster so first off why don't you uh start us off with your thoughts so far and then we're going to get into all kinds of stuff we're going to talk about the blood work and everything to look for
1: so yeah steve i i i think i'm a bit of an outlier as i said to steve in the pre-show because i'm still doing stuff to get stronger which is kind of fucked up but I also said to Steve, you know, m- my thought processes occasionally go towards what's it going to be like when you stop getting, you know, can't hold that much muscle anymore? What's it going to be like when you can't be the size of a house and strong as a ball and all that kind of stuff? And, that, that you know, it, unless I'm incredibly lucky, Steve, that time will come. I think there's also an argument to be made with training consistently, keeping you a little bit younger than the actual date on the calendar says. So there's kind of useful. But here's the thought process. I made a few notes before the show, and you go, right, at what point in your training life, and let's assume, guys, and again, if you're a younger listener and and keep training for decades, as we hope that you will, and keep looking good and keep muscle and keep strong, et cetera, what point does your thought process change? And it has to change, guys. The reality of this situation is it is perfectly normal for the untrained non-PED using individual to lose muscle as they get older. Now they'd have Steve that you know you can't carry on digging roads forever. You can't carry on if you're a farmer carrying sheep off the man. And it's just the aging process. But we fight the aging process, guys, because we lift weights. But there's still a shift in your thinking from I need to look amazing for the beach. I need to be chasing girls up and down the beach or guys up and down the beach. Now I just need to feel good, look good for your health we talk about joint health we talk about all these kind of things on the podcast so we go right at what point do your aims to change and if they do change what do they change to i think steve and this is the reason why we're talking about safe steroid stack for boomers they change more from mounds of muscle and tons of strength and more towards health now one of the things and i touched on it already is healthy joints Literally, I mean, this is the thing, guys. You don't need to be 300 pounds when you're 90. You just need to be like 150 or 160 pounds, but still looking amazing for 90. You need to be able to get out of bed in the morning with still a spring in your step, and you need to be able to go for walks and ride bikes and all the other stuff that keeps you healthy without your joints screaming and without you being awfully sore from the gym, which is like a perverse pleasure when you're younger. So definitely, Steve, there's a thought process. There's a point at which... I don't care what sport you do, but we're specifically talking about people that go to the gym. You cannot work at peak efficiency. You cannot be breaking records. For the most part, normal people, even with PDUs, there will come a point where you change your parameters. Even you and I, up to the pros place we've got in time right now, have changed our thought processes over the periods of time that we train. I I talk about this on the forums just recently, and I said, I think the first 20 Mm -hmm. years, Steve, was more bodybuilding orientated, certainly more focused on looking like people in a magazine, that kind of stuff. And I think I found my niche... In my very early 20s, when I started to think about hand strength specifically because that become a thing for me, but more strength focus. If my body was strong, my hands would be strong and I'd win more competitions. So I was two decades in and shift over. Uh, that would be, make me 36 when I started to focus on strength. I suspect in the next few years, and even now, Steve, at the size I am, I have to think about my fitness. Now, if you're a normal person, if you're 150, 160 pounds, 45, 50 years of age and up, like Steve said already, uh, 55, in, oh, 59 in my case, just on the cusp of a boomer. If you're 60 plus, you should be thinking about fitness. You should be thinking about health because no one wants to be decrepit and, and, and tired in a wheelchair, on sticks, and whatever else. And those of us that have done this journey for a length of time, and I've seen a few of these, when you see a, a, an elderly couple, Steve, grey hair or white hair, And they're riding a pair of bikes up a mountain. Those people are talking about a healthy lifestyle until they die. And you also see photographs and memes where you'll see someone that does that or goes to the gym and works out or runs 5Ks like yourself. And the next person to them is the same goddamn age, Steve, but they look old. They're the ones that are sitting in a chair. They're the ones with a pot belly. They're the ones with arthritis and aching joints and whatever else. And yet the other person, just because they lived a healthy lifestyle, looks better feels better so i think we also want to look at and i'm going to touch on bring steve back in for this in terms of the science but we also want to look at the fact of the matter. and this is for men because it is mostly men that listen to us you have a decreasing level of testosterone in your body so one of the points that we're going to get onto but we will specifically touch on cycles and bds is the possibility of trt so talk about the science now steve and then we'll come back to that
0: so once you as you get older obviously your testosterone levels start dropping your growth hormone levels really start dropping. And what ends up happening is you're going to be deficient in both in a lot of cases. And, you know, we've talked about on the past podcast, the absolute destruction of our environment, uh, the lack of uh, nutrition in the soil, which our, our foods are being grown in. And then also the lack of nutrition that the animals that we are consuming when you go to the grocery store, you know, that, you know, those chick, the chicken, the, the beef, the turkey, whatever, they're given a very poor nutrient nutrition diet. They're not eating healthy. So then you're eating those foods. You know, you're eating farm fish, which are being fed some of the most nasty things you can imagine. And that's what you're eating. Oh, tilapia is so delicious. Well, if you knew what that tilapia ate during its life and and where it lived, it basically was living in in sewage and uh, on these um, fish farms. You would never eat it again. So obviously, you know, taking a farm fish versus a wild fish and all this stuff. So over time, we're going to be consuming a lot of things that we're not meant to consume. So you can control what you can control. You can try you can eat. You know, healthier, the eggs that you're eating, were those chickens fed? Were they were they walking around on their own shit? Were they spreading disease amongst each other? Because guess what? If that chicken was diseased and sick, it's gonna lay diseased and sick eggs too. When you go to Walmart and you buy eggs, the cheap eggs from Walmart, a buck ninety-nine or two ninety-nine eggs, you think you're a genius, but then you taste those eggs, like wow. These eggs taste like chemicals. What's going on here? Because the chickens are being fed chemicals. That's what they're being fed. But when you go get a good quality egg that's on a pasture where the eggs are being pastured, guess what happens? You consume good, fresh eggs. It's going to taste so much more natural. It's going to be so much good for you. It's going to be full of vitamins because those chickens are outside eating bugs off the ground, eating seeds. The sun is shining on them. They're happy. They're laying good, healthy eggs. They're not walking around on their own shit and spreading disease. So you see over time, the thing is, mobster with your generation, we didn't have access to these health foods back when you guys were growing up and stuff in America. I don't know how it was in Britain, but in America. So you consumed a lot of things that you weren't supposed to consume. So it's really, really good that we have access to it now. So you want to take advantage of it now, but the damage that you'd already done, that's already in your system. So long story short, that is going to affect your aging. That's going to speed up your aging. That's going to affect your growth hormone. That's going to affect your testosterone levels. Not to mention eating habits of boomers in America. You grew up with your parents, your the silent generation that raised you, they raised you a certain way. They raised you to treat food like pleasure. They they raised you when, whenever you whined and complained to shove food down your throat. Okay, And a lot of parents do that today as well. But it happened especially for you guys' generation, mobster, because your parents' generation didn't have so much food, but you had a ton of food. So you treated food like a treat and to kind of help you emotionally get through things. Oh, I'm having a bad day and then you eat some ice cream. You see what I'm saying? So what happens over time is your growth hormones never have a chance to even be elevated because you're eating nonstop throughout the day. So so at the end of the day, it's very important to go get your blood work done. Um, if you are a boomer, so those of you got younger guys listening to this, get your parents to go get their blood work done. Get your grandparents, get your uncles or aunts Go get the blood work done. See where your levels are. And if your levels are low, you could end up having a much better standard of living by getting on hormone replacement therapy. Both growth hormone, which is going to be pricey, so but if you can afford it, it would be a wonderful thing. run Ran at a correct dosage. I wouldn't run it more than one IU a day if you're a boomer. Um, because you got to remember with growth hormone... If you run too much of it, it's counterproductive. Uh, overdosing on growth hormone will boost insulin resistance. It can open your you up to cancers, okay? Because now you're causing those cells in your body to grow, and cancer cells will also grow. So you want to make sure that you're not overdosing the HGA. So one IU is fine. One point five IU is the absolute maximum. I would recommend a boomer as far as testosterone. Look. There's a good chance you're going to have low testosterone levels. It can improve your quality of life by going on testosterone. But again, same thing with testosterone. You don't want to overdose it. A hundred milligrams is where I would go. That's all you need. You don't need more than that. And, and that's per week. So you could pin once per week, hundred milligrams, and you could definitely improve yourself from there. If you do too much testosterone, now you're opening up yourself to kidney issues, to heart issues, to excess estrogen in the body issues, which again can fire off cancer cells, but it will also lead to a domino effect of problems like insomnia and heart disease and other issues because you're carrying extra water weight, not to mention the prostate. Um, Now you're increasing DHT too much in the body and that's going to hit the prostate. So there are. You really have to take your time. So if you're gonna go the HRT route, start there with that with the ACH and, and and testosterone, and then you can go from there. And then we're gonna get into some cycles uh to to look into. Mobster?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, guys, what? Why would I, as a sixty plus year old person, as I will be next year consider TRT or even cycling, right? So there's, here's a few reasons why you would. And, so, and the opposite of these, of course, is what happens when you age. So muscle loss prevention. Again, I don't need to be 300 plus pounds. And most people that are 60 years old are not 300 plus pounds. That's just incredibly bad for you, being really, really big. I can only think of a handful of individuals through the Iron Game history, Steve, that have been anywhere close to that level in their 60s. So the reality is, maintaining the muscle that you have muscle loss prevention when it comes to the growth hormone steve absolutely stuff like looking younger than you are so in other words a better skin and better healing from injuries now i'm gonna throw a name out there the very famous because he had issues with growth hormone in australia etc cetera, etc cetera. stye stallone Stey is in his 70s and we've all seen photographs of him, the video, the TV program, the stuff he does on social media, etc. Does he look older than a 50-year-old? Yes, absolutely. But does he look fucking amazing? The 70-year-old Steve, vascular, ripped. I think photographs of him in his late 60s, early 70s, when he had a six-pack, he was still doing the rocky stuff. Unbelievable. And, of course, he is famous or infamous, if you like, Steve, for the growth hormone thing. So just better skin looking younger, and great healing. What about, and i put down here, Steve, just activity, being able to do stuff that your patriots that don't train, and I touched on this earlier, can't do. I know of older people, Steve, in fact, I'm thinking of a very famous Iron Game uh, history-type person, Vic Boff, that was swimming. He was one of those ones that would go down, I think they lived to uh, Jersey Shore or wherever, somewhere like that, Steve, and break the ice or go for... Run swimming in the, in the sea on Christmas Day or New Year's Day morning, just fucked up shit in their 80s, the whole group of them, Steve, late 70s and 80s, So just being able to do stuff that you're not supposed to be able to do because you're an old motherfucker. So there's one. And then I think I'll touch on the TRT again, Steve, here. The sense of well-being. I know because we've discussed this when we talked about TRT, Steve, that there are some individuals out there, and we all have variations on how well we cope with different levels. But there are absolutely people out there, regardless of the level, who end up on CRT. They might be inside the range, the lower end of the range, for their age, but feel like dog shit. They might be stressed. It might be the pollution, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But let's say that they're at the lower end of the range, and they end up on 100 milligrams of test sip a week. It is a transformation for some of them. And I'm talking about people that are listeners' age. never mind boomers. Now, imagine that you are feeling every single day of your sixty years of age. It's just stress to go to the supermarket and do your shopping state. You're bent over the trolley, but there's nothing, you know there's nothing the matter with your back. It's just the age thing. And then someone at the gym like us says, why don't you try a little bit of TRT? Either they go to the clinic or they do it themselves. Steve, as you know, we have seen and read of these transformations, their sense of well being. I'm just, there's a guy out there right now, Stephen, who's nowhere near the age of a boomer. He's one of these fellas that might bench press 800 pounds raw. And he's talking about, he says, and I quote, he's on, he's only on, it was like 300 milligrams of test a week. He says, I feel like a man again. He weighs 400 pounds, Stephen. He's probably going to bench 800 pounds. But the transformation in his psyche, I feel like a man, is unreal. So the sense of well-being, even just 100 milligrams a week of TESIP can give some people, is precisely why we're discussing this kind of topic today. Now... As I said, that whole age thing, the psyche, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. When you're young, it's hard. You have to do the journey and do these things. I'm getting there. I'm close to that. And, of course, my training partners are in their 70s. I've got training partners in their 50s. The guys, that, Some of the guys at the gym, 75, 76. My, one of my training buddies is 77 on 300 milligrams a week of self-prescribed uh, test sip. So I know absolutely talking to those people, what happens in life, how they feel, what the gyms like, etc. Now, Steve, let's talk about, as well as obviously the whole process of aging, etc. let's talk about what we might do. I would be keen on the TRT side for the lowest amount I could get away with and still have the effects that Steve said, the one IU of growth that Steve described. And I would certainly look around 100, 150 milligrams of uh, test sip in my particular case. I, I It's entirely possible, and we see this all the time in self-prescribed TRT. People seem to sit at 300 all the time, Steve, or even quote-unquote sports TRT sit at 400. I would go for the least amount that I can take that's going to cause the least amount of damage and still give me that sense of well-being. So on the TRT side, Steve, you touched on it already, what would be your choice, either in PEDs or milligrams amount, if you said, right, I'm 60 years of age. This yeah. is what I think I'm going to take for as long as possible.
0: Yeah, and on the HGH, I just want to um, also because you kind of reminded me of something. The thing about HGH, it's it's a peptide, and you're, you're going to take the HGH. It's going to pulse in your body, so you can you don't have to run the HGH every day, but you can run it for like a couple of weeks, take a week off, then run, or you can run it five days on, two days off, or you run it even every other day. But just getting the HGH in your system as that as a pulse is still going to give you the benefits now obviously if you run it every single day at one iu it's going to be more beneficial than if you run it once every three days at one iu you see what i'm saying but at least you don't have to because i know it's expensive you don't have to run it every single day you're still going to get the benefits you're still going to see a benefit even if you just pin it once every other day um So, look, let's say you're on HGH and you're on the TRT. I would go more 90 or 100 milligrams. Mobster would go more 150. I'd I'd go lower and see where you're at. Get your blood work done and see where you're at. You want your testosterone levels, you know, somewhere around 500 or 600 nanograms nanograms per deciliter. You don't want it too high. You don't want it over 1,000. Now you're going to get side effects. And you're going to get estrogen problems and anrogenic problems. So I'd go on the lower end and see where you're at um but you know you can you can add some steroids or you could just if you don't want to use HGH or, or or testosterone you don't have to but primo would be my injectable that I would I would tell people to use so we've seen people use primo lately on the forum and they've reported and I've run primo a couple of times as well and I can I could say this is true as well but you don't have very many side effects on primo the way it's structured it doesn't aromatize into estrogen. It doesn't cause androgenic side effects, at least very many androgenic side effects. And, you know, it, it's very, very mild. It's a, it's a mild anabolic. So you can run Primo 300 milligrams, 400 milligrams a week and see some good lean muscle mass improvements, uh, fighting uh, muscle wasting and stuff like that. So it's, it's a good option for that. So I like the Primo option and you'd want to cycle it on 10 or 12 weeks and make sure you come off. You don't want to stay on any anabolic steroid at a PED dosage for too long because now you're going to start getting side effects. If you stayed on Primo 400 milligrams for a year as as a boomer, you would get yourself into trouble when it came to side effects. The side effects will increase when you stay on that long, because it's not designed to be ran at that dosage. It's not a therapeutic dosage; It's just a PED dosage. So you're going to get the benefits while you're on it. So you want to make sure you cycle off and go back to your TRT dose of testosterone and your HGH if you wanted to go down that route. And you don't have to run HGH. We're just giving you suggestions. HGH is expensive. Um, even if you get it on your own from one of our sponsors, it is pricey. So it's not a requirement to use HGH, but I recommend trying it. You know, go and grab a kit and try it for a month. Uh well try it for a couple months. A kit is going to last you a couple months because you're not running it at a high dosage, you see. A kit should last it should last you like 3 months if you're running it at 1 IU. And see if you notice a difference. See if it's worth it. Is it worth this this money that I'm spending on it? And then you can you can reassess things from there. Um so Primo is a good option. Another, and now if you want to go the oral route, I like Toronto. Bowl. Toronto Bowl yep. is a real mild, same thing as Primo. It's a DHT derivative, so it doesn't aromatize into estrogen. It's very minimally androgenic, and it's 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 a mild anabolic as well. So you're going to get some good, clean, lean muscle mass and improvements, and you're also going to help with muscle wasting on the the flip side as well. So it's going to help you get some improvements. So if you're going to go to the gym and put in, you know, 12, 15 sets in the gym and, you know, you're doing it the smart way, obviously, you're going to have some improvements by taking the the, the T-Bowl. So you can go with the T-Bowl, you know, a dosage of 20, 30 milligrams a day. Maybe you can push it to 40. Um, on certain, maybe, you know, on the workout there, you can increase it a little bit to 40, but keep your doses somewhere about, uh, 20 to 30. That's fine. You can run it six, seven, eight weeks for your cycle. That's fine. And you can even run it with the Primo if you want. That's fine. And it, it, it will work really good. So make sure you're running your liver support as well, uh, because it is liver toxic. So you want to take it easy on your liver. Now, why don't you run it for months and months and months? Again, liver toxicity, it's a 17-alpha alkylated steroid. You cannot run it for a long period of time because it's going to beat your liver down and it's going to beat your kidneys down as well. Master, what are your choices? I think,
1: I, I'll tell you what I wouldn't do, Steve. I would not use any of the harsher drugs. Trend would be an absolute no-no. Uh, I would think it, for example, Steve, uh, just from the psalm side, I think I might throw in some MK677, which I absolutely love, if for no other reason than the growth hormone boosting. Uh, I would probably, if I could if I could do it, I would use a product, which we've discussed on other podcasts, like N2Guard, all the damn time, two, three pills a day, all the damn time, as long as possible, to give me the absolute best results. Something it occurred to me while we were talking, Steve, is, and I get this now. Ever since I hit 40, I get this. I get the 40-plus exam, the 45-plus exam, the 50-plus exam. And I know from talking to people that are older than me, they get more frequent. So when it's 60, then it'd be like 63, 66. You get to do more examinations at the doctors just to see how you are looking after your health. And that's kind of almost scheduled in. What would I do else, Steve? I mean, I put down as an oral – I mean, it's one of my favourites but because we know that – but VAR – for the, for the, and again, this is for the low dose side effects, exactly like the T-bowl. I, I would actually probably run it slightly less than I do now, which would be the sweet spot, as we know, is 50 milligrams. I'd actually run it slightly less. Again, I'm not looking to be mad, crazy, strong when I'm 60, 63, 65, whatever. And again, I'm thinking of the typical listener who might be that age. I'm looking to retain muscle mass. I'm looking to feel healthy. So I don't need to be out go- there and pounding the fuck out of my joints. So 30 milligrams a day. Any of the tests, And I say any, it ain't fake for most people. I never get off of it, but a lot of people do. And again, cipionate. You know that cipionate's a long-time your system. So I would run, for example, and we see people doing this that are coming up on boomers, and that would be the TRT that we've already talked about, and then just doubling up, Steve, tripling the dose. So if I'm on 100 milligrams like you suggested, I'd go to 300 milligrams for eight weeks, and then I'd go back to my 100 milligram dose. And these are all for the reasons that Steve said already. I don't want to be overly stressed in my body. As much of what I'm doing, listen, guys, I'll make it simple for you. When you're younger, how you look, how literally your physique appears to other people is el numero uno. It has to be. Or in my case, how strong I am compared to other people. Number one, right? But when I'm 60 and I'm the, a typical boomer, it shouldn't be number one. And I say it shouldn't be because you're talking about health preservation, that sense of well being, and so on and so forth. So I don't need to be on high doses. I want to be on, if I'm on TRT, just doubling up or tripling up on those doses, just to get that sense of what I can now do in the gym to hold on to muscle to keep looking good and then back off to my TRT dose. So, for example, Steve, and I say this any kind of test, it literally, I wouldn't want to be peeling, but that's just me more frequently. So I would be not too keen on the short arresters. So it's going to be, it's going to be an enanthate, it's going to be a sipionate. It's not going to be a prop. It's not going to be an ace, simply because I don't want to be doing those things. I don't want to be searching for multiple sites on a weekly basis, three, four times a week. No, I want to be doing one job a week, maximum. I want to be thinking long-term and I want to be able to say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on a bench program, I'm on a spot program, i have increasing my activity levels. I, as I said earlier on, for the Psalms, MK677 and GW, that would be my kind of thought process, Steve, in terms of those kind of things. Um, uh, ultimately, guys, and I want you to ask you this question, the listeners as well, put yourself in the place of how you would perhaps advise your dads or your granddads. That's how you can get to think how we're thinking. You say, this is what I want, but I'm a younger listener. But if my dad came to me, what advice would I give him? What advice would I give to my uncle? What advice would I give to my granddad? And think about how the, their life might improve with your advice. What do you think on that, Steve, before we go into the disclaimer? Yeah, and,
0: and you know, that reminds me too. Like Let's say you have an active uncle or active grandpa or active parent. And uh, you wanted to put them on something that was more active. Look, Equipoise and T-Bowl would be a wonderful, that's what I would tell them, Equipoise and T-Bowl would be a wonderful stack. If they like to play a lot of tennis, if they like to do a lot of swimming, they like to go um, spend the day playing golf, you know, any anything like that, um, they would get some good results. Uh, with the Equipoise, they could run 250 to 300 milligrams of Equipoise a week and then run like 20 milligrams of, D- of T-Bowl with it, not T-Bowl, T-Bowl, Toronto Bowl with it. And that's a really, really good endurance stack, Um, and and it works really, really well, and it won't mess them up. Now, Anovar will cause pumps. So if they like to be active, like, you know, they're going to play tennis or whatever, they'll notice when they do a lot of running and tennis, they get some lower back pumps. So we don't want the pumps. So run the Anovar if they just like to do weight training. But if they like to do a lot of active stuff, which is great to see from um, your generation, Mobster, um, it, we definitely want to see uh, them, them stay away from some of the steroids that cause uh, some crippling pumps. And then they could always add taurine as well. If, they still, if they're still getting pumps, even on T-Ball or any of these steroids that we talked about, they can add taurine to
1: their uh, diet. All right. Think buddy? of it yeah. this way. Yeah. Think of it this way, guys. I, I, I think my last and final thought here, and especially for the younger listeners advising, their their granddads, their uncles, their fathers, and so on and so forth. First off, we like to see those people. Those that are still active, Steve, are 100% more mobile and 100% more healthy. You just see that all the time. And the gift would be, from you younger guys to the older ones, it would be a gift of health and a gift of well-being, the quality of life. How, How can that not be a gift, Steve? If you're able to turn around and say, Dad, I know you're kind of feeling tired and run down, I know you're not crazy on this stuff, but listen, try this. Go low dose. Go with the kind of advice we come on this podcast. And if they turn around and actually listen to you and do that thing, the change, the transformation from them, from old motherfucker to someone who's 60 but feels great, is able to go out and play rounds of golf with their buddies, is able to still go hill walking or riding a bike, would be a, it would be a gift, Steve. It would be almost like finding buried treasure. Because, they, they, you know, HRT is not something that's super common in men, and yet it is in women. And the women that have gone on HRT will tell you how great it is compared to how they felt before. And it's just not something that we still haven't seen perhaps commonplace in the generational gap like, like we're talking about, and in the boomers especially, it's becoming more common. And I know for a fact that those that are able to do it and access it talk about just how good they feel all the time. My buddies, like I said, 77 years of age, looks at least 10 years younger, and his hair is even younger than that. And I'm telling you now, save no hair dye, or whatever. So think about the gift of well being and sense of health that you'd be giving to a boomer if you come out with this advice. Direct them to this podcast, let them have a listen. We're, we're happy to answer questions in the comments. Please note, we are not doctors, and the opinions are ours. It's our view, based on our experience of views on the topic, a podcast of informational purposes and entertainment only the freedom of speech and the First Amendment applies.